0: here from uh, Inside AV and uh, Keith. Keith, how are you going Andrew? Episode, I don't know what episode it is so we won't talk about that but uh, we have our first interview guest uh, Mr Nick Limitone, who uh, I think, uh, well I know, I've known for a long time. He's been in the hi-fi industry for, since I don't know, how since long it started. 30 years. You'll need to move that mic a little closer. 30 years. <laughs> is that right? Because it's funny you should say that, because I started my apprenticeship 30 years ago this month as well, so wow. we're on the same page. Keith's only done 25, he's a youngster.
1: Just new to it. Yeah. It's been a hard life though, has it?
0: My <laughs> industry sucks. Yeah, for Keith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right, because he looks the same age as you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I've got a couple of questions, actually, but um, before I ask you those, you're... Uh, You're now the Australian importer and distributor of uh, Lutron, which is a great lighting product. Do you want to uh, give us a quick
1: spiel? today lighting is only part of the whole picture. It's become immensely more important to people regarding energy management, Mm -hmm. uh, how you use your energy uh, cosmetically, how you use the product to enhance lifestyle, and of course they have uh, a separate product group called Savoya, which is window treatment, so... Curtains, blinds, all that kind of thing, and that plays a big part mm. in uh, energy management too now with it's air conditioning and of course the way we let heat in and out of the home
0: yeah no its in fact you were showing me just before uh i didn't realize that did uh, window dressings these days, and makes sense of course, integral part of controlling light, so uh you'd be pretty excited about that,
1: yeah, yeah, it's a very prestigious brand it's Australia's one of the few places that it, they're not strong in and they're pretty frustrated by that. Um, you know, probably some of the past distributors didn't do a very good marketing No, um, absolutely, marketing.
0: It, it, it is a great product. I know from my own experience that, although I've sold her a little bit over the years, but what I have sold, I'm sure, is all still working. It, and it's so simple to program. If you just have a little simple one zone, graphic eye, you simply uh, select a preset and then adjust the levels and it seems to magically remember them. None of this uh, memory setting and carrying on and so forth. It uh, just seems like a really intuitive and easy-to-use product. So that presumably will go extremely well for you, although I notice the product range is enormous.
1: It is enormous, but uh, uh, it's enormous because you can do so much with the product. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's enormous because there is such a broad um, availability of, of... fashion colours and yeah. design um, but by and large all these things are project based so people will order what they need as they go and we'll bring it in so mm. there'll be a, a basic stock holding and then uh, order from there.
0: Um, yeah, I, I did notice that there's a colour for every decor virtually which is I know a lot of lighting control makers cover that to some degree it would seem that Lutron, perhaps, uh, more so.
1: Yeah, and Lutron are covering uh, a much more um, a much more product globally, so yeah. some of those colours just won't even work here, you know. Well, no, no. I love to hate the colour almond in the American <laughs> uh, palette. There's a, it could
0: be called Americana. There's there's, there's a few tonal uh, ranges there that are, um, that are a nice little... are nice names uh, for it, yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're a little woody you could say yeah, yeah. woody cheesy yeah. all those things <laughs> well, yeah. I mean who else would stick you know uh, timber veneer on the side of a car Lutron I've done Good it with uh, ball plates yeah. um, well, Keith you've got a question well, for uh, Nick Nick no I was just interested in seeing the new product Lutron itself because I haven't had anything to do with it well it is more up your alley I suppose yeah so it looks exciting, looks different to what we're used to here anyhow. Yeah, it'd be good that Lutron's got some um, uh, dramatically more professional support in Australia, and I'm sure the product, uh, the product itself will um, zoom ahead in sales. It can't help but to really, I suppose, And uh, a great product. And, Energy um,
1: management is a hot topic. It's a,
0: oh, absolutely. So Everyone good. wants to reduce their electricity bill. Yeah.
1: Of course, you would need a
0: hell of an electricity bill.
1: (laughs) Well, to justify, (laughs) it is all of that, but people like to feel that they're doing the right thing with all of that. And whilst it is true that the expense of the product, it'll take years to pay off the expense Mm. of the product, but, you know, I've seen some horror situations with other products where um, the automation hasn't gone right or they've left lights on whilst they've gone on a little holiday mm. and suddenly there's $1,000 yes. whilst they haven't even been there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and honestly that happens commonly but it can happen. The, uh, but people, by and large, honestly, as much as in marketing we justify it with all this energy management and cost savings, by and large, people justify their decisions with that mm-hmm. but everybody wants their house to look great And everybody wants to have a bit of fun with technology in their homes. Mm. And this is a big, big part of that. To have lights suddenly dim slowly whilst you start watching a movie or you have um, mood lighting in various parts of your home, including over dining tables. Yes. There's not many people who wouldn't want that. Oh, it's very uh,
0: theatrical and luxurious. Yeah, and to have
1: lights come on in your backyard automatically... As do sprinklers. Yeah. Without you having to go and connect hoses and <laughs> do stuff, is a big deal. I think.
0: Yeah, it's good because we'll all get much, much fatter as time goes on. Uh, look, we're going to have a two-second break. Keith's got to answer the phone, and i am going to answer the door. Someone's we'll <laughs> back in a second. Inside OV. Keith, Andrew, Dominic and Nick Libertine are in the building. Uh Dominic's Nick's son. He's uh looks about 12 years of age. Um no, I don't know how old he is, but I remember once I I met you Nick uh some years I can't remember where it was I bumped into you and Dominic was with you and he was shorter than he is
1: now. <laughs> I He's think it's about five or six. But. Dom has been involved in audio since he was about seven years old. Now, uh, how could that have happened? Well, <laughs> I used to tinker too, Andrew. And, uh, I know. You, you fine tune things, and you, it's you know it's a kind of industry, a kind of business you get into that. It's more for the fun. Some people use colourful words like passion, but mm. you know you're having fun, oh, yeah. and you don't mind getting a screwdriver out and fine tuning and doing yeah. stuff. I lost a lot of that passion years ago. I'm still yeah. interested technically in what goes on. Yes. But, I mean, I can tell you a story going back when I was about 25, which is a lot of years now. That
0: would be over 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like about 20, <laughs> nearly 30 years ago now. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I, I remember I was uh, being quite young and being a new agent, you know, just mm. trying to get some products on the road. And uh, I mean, I've got dozens of stories like this, but this is one of my favourite. And that is that there was a—I won't mention name—but there's one of the other uh, distributors mm-hmm. peddling speaker wire back yes. in the mid '80s, and it was the early days of all these new multi-strand speaker wires mm-hmm. before that. People used some something, you know. Yes. And uh, well, prior to the, that, it
0: was lamp cord, but yeah,
1: yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. yeah. So this guy was peddling this QED speaker cable and it was both 79-strand yes. or 300-strand. Yes. I yes. remember that so clear. Why 79 and not 80 or whatever it is, but 79? Well, and I'd, I'd QED remember. 79, I remember it well. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was marketed in a fashion where you had... Um, <laughs> they borrowed... I, I knew that they'd borrowed... Uh, some, not technology, but some theory from uh, communications okay. because I'm a computer technician by trade mm. and one of my modules was in RF communications mm-hmm. a- and uh, telephony. Yes. But I it had been s- several years since I'd done my course so I, it didn't click straight away as to what was wrong with their argument mm. until about two weeks later. So the argument was that 79 strands and then better still 300 strands had a lot more surface area and as treble travels along the surface of the copper Mm -hmm. or high frequencies more uh, then you had much much better high frequency response out of the speaker wire Yeah, because of the speaker wire it produced better high frequency response being young and all these older guys going around with all this stuff I just had to shut up and say "Okay, whatever if that's that's what we say in this business that's what we say but it bugged me if it Quite mm-hmm. a bit, mm-hmm. and then I just bang, it hit me two weeks later, and I remember, yeah. High frequency in RF. Yes, yes, yes <laughs> not in right. audio frequencies. <laughs> yeah, Twenty kilohertz doesn't really rate in the
0: RF. Yeah, so it's relatively
1: <laughs> as DC, as good as DC, you know. You know? <laughs> and so, it, and I thought you've got to be kidding me. Some marketing guys talk to some engineers and no, no, don't say any more. That's enough. <laughs> just that sounds high frequency. Yeah, just that, no, don't don't tell me the rest because that's that's great. I can use that. I can use that. <laughs> that's right. And so it's it's totally misleading. First of all, because it's in the wrong frequency spectrum Mm -hmm. second of all because unless every one of those wires had insulation on them they're shorting out anyway (laughs) (laughs) so you're back to relatively (laughs) the same surface area if it was a solid piece of wire so it's totally ridiculous so and and the term the the colloquial term in uh, in technicians or in laboratories was called skin effect meaning that the frequencies travel out to the skin of the copper Mm. So, the next time I, I heard it and I was standing in the background being a bit cheeky, the guy said, Oh, it's called Skin Effect. I said, no, no, no. I said, it's called Foreskin Effect. <laughs> 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 the emphasis being on wanking one. Yeah, shears. exactly. Well, I got into a little bit of trouble over that, but I didn't care, you know. Hence, you know, my personality. I, uh, you know, and, and the problem is, I've never had to sell products that were full of bullshit that I didn't believe in mm. I mean I tried to for very short times you know some of the interconnect you may we may disagree here but um, some of the interconnect cables I couldn't hear the difference and yeah. a $600 interconnect cable I said to the guy that was trying to get me to do it, I said I can't do that I'm sorry I just can't do it nah, nah. and I just let it go because I just to, uh... and there's plenty of guys who would disagree with me because they yeah. used to the hear all this magic I couldn't hear it so I had to let it go
0: No, I think well, you've got to. You you can't sell anything you don't believe in. I mean, I can't demonstrate it. Well, if you can't demonstrate it, even harder. That's right. But I mean, but I mean,
1: I've sold high-end video projectors that bring a lot of pleasure to people. Oh yeah, a lot of fun. You create a theatre and so on. So it it sounds fun. But we were going to talk about the uh, the Melbourne Home Show, and it hadn't been one for almost twenty years. No, it it was a break there for a while. A little break, yeah. yeah. But I just went in there, and having been out of that part of the market for such a long. Yeah. stretch I have to tell you that I thought I used to be part of this and I'm so glad I'm not anymore because <laughs> I find it totally boring and all these people <laughs> with these funky speakers and there was a whole lot of guys Boppins, you know or boffins sorry uh, <laughs> with I'd never seen I knew, I thought I knew everyone in the industry and obviously there's a little side industry or there's little oh, caves yeah. that these people come out of <laughs>
0: Well, I believe that they, don't most of them live in their mother's basement or something. He's still at home with their mother. I
1: think you're right. I thought, who were these what, guys? What, with a CNC router, though? You're talking about no, no, speaker these were, builders? Looked, or, I don't know where the speakers I didn't. Yeah. I'll be honest, I didn't get that involved because no. there were rooms with these big, tall, six-foot speakers and taller with things sticking out of them in every direction. <laughs> and I thought, I used to be really into this. And I'm so happy I'm not anymore, you know. Sure, the commercial products aren't as good. I'm sure you could prove that. But guess how much I care. I mean, <laughs> yeah,
0: the indeed. people
1: I sell things like Lutron to and mm-hmm. projectors and things over the years are people who care how the house looks. Mm. You know, and I remember going to hi shows in Europe over the years and uh, just looking in this room, you're not quite as bad. But some of the speaker wires, <laughs> which were like two inches thick, yeah. I thought... I don't know how many women are going to deal with that.
0: Now, look, I, I come from a similar perspective where I like things that look nice, and I think actually a lot of otherwise smart cookies come unstuck developing products that actually are pretty damned unattractive yeah. to to those uh, to the to perhaps the people that can genuinely afford to buy their rather well esoteric and expensive
1: products. We've all spent a lot of time. Uh, bagging products like Bose, and one day someone said to me, What? Yeah, I've uh, never bagged Bose, <laughs> you Keith. Said, liar, Bose, liar, B- liar, liar, pants on fire. No, no, yeah. no, no. I'm an
0: exposed retailer,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, those horrible Ex-Bose people that, 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 <laughs> that my thing is, someone said to me, oh, You remember in the 90s, people talk about the wife acceptance factor and all yes, that kind of you. stuff. And they always refer to products like that. Mm. And all I said to one guy one day is, "Look, you know, I must be a big girl because that look appeals to me. The sound may not be what I want, but the look appeals to me. So I'm a big girl, I guess, you know." Yeah, it's there's
0: it's easy to understand why Bose sells to a certain audience, and that audience is people who aren't audio enthusiasts. They might like their music, but they don't want or need the last ounce of performance. But the thing, speaking of bows, that I that does get on my tits a little bit is the uh, they never ever show any cable. They never show any brackets. They never show anything yeah. other than a couple of little cubes and a sub box hidden behind a curtain. You start cabling all that up, and it ceases to be, frankly, you know, like the lowest thing on the wife acceptance factor list, or the highest thing of importance is cables hanging around everywhere. I think.
1: Well, well, they were one of the early earliest companies put importance on burying cables. So Mm. these days we bury HDMI cables in the wall Mm. so that we don't see the wires going to your TV set, Mm. which is hanging on the wall. So once again, they may be guilty in some instances, but they've actually pushed the point about if you're going to make it look good, you've got to spend some time and money on an installation guy to make it look really great. To run it. And And you know what? If there's people who avoid that, that's fine. Maybe they can do it themselves or get a handyman, they've got a brother-in-law and, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or a really clever dog, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But or maybe, know, or a, a ferret. Way to do it, a ferret. F- ferret when you, you have a, a ferret? to run cables through walls. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have a ferret to run yeah. cables <laughs> right. through But, you know, tail. at the end of the day, you know, that's why people like you are around, Keith, because at the end of the day, you know, uh, most people don't mind spending the extra money to just finish it properly.
0: I've seen some shocking, we all have seen some... My neighbour, two doors up, he calls me in there one day on Christmas when I was home to wire up his high-end... This is quite an expensive unit that he lives in. To wire up his... uh, High-end uh, AV system, which consists of a six or seven hundred dollar LG home theater pack, <laughs> and he's got his LG, or it might have been a Samsung, because you'd never buy the same brand. Which is usually a mixture of stuff that you know. So you get that way. You need the widest range of remote controls to make it all work. And uh, he's done this on a shoestring, shoestring budget, as you do when you buy a seven or eight hundred thousand dollar unit. But he uh, he's got the TV pinned on the wall, and he's just literally got the cables hanging down the wall. Yeah, just. Well. just just under the TV. And the TV's not just above a table. It's uh, halfway up the wall or more. So there's four foot of cable hanging under it. And he's, he's. I said, well, what's going on here? Oh, I'll tidy that up one day.
1: For some people, quality, of, right. um, quality or fidelity in audio and video is directly proportional to how many catalogs came out last weekend. Mm. So...
0: Which brings me to a couple of my questions, uh, Nick, because I know you're short of time. I'm not. I have nothing to do. But uh, I know that you you kicked off being an agent for Scan Audio. Mm. Those that was to some degree that was a bit of a mini heyday in hi-fi. To yeah. some degree, uh, a range of products that were easy to sell, Dali and Yamo. How did that all go? And how long were you involved uh, selling? Scan products
1: about seventeen years. My go God, that long! Years, yeah.
0: Really? Wow. Um, is there any particular moment that you can remember in that whole time that was worth is worth mentioning, or was it all just terrible and boring?
1: It was a lot of fun, actually. It was the times when we still had a lot of growth. Um, yeah. People were different. I mean, I think I, I almost digress, but I'm answering the question in a sense. Mm-hmm. What's different today? to the 80s and 90s is that, you know, people go into a store and they're meeting salespeople that really don't know the product enough Mm. and they certainly lack enthusiasm and they certainly don't know how to sell. Now, people carry on about not wanting salespeople, but let's look at it, uh, let's break it down. At the end of the day, I think everyone wants to be sold, meaning that they want to walk into a store. I don't want to find a person who really knows what they're talking about mm. and is enthusiastic about what they're talking about. I think the biggest killer to our industries are people who don't have that enthusiasm and don't know the product and don't know how to demonstrate it. Today I see more people walk into stores to know more about the product than the salesman and I think mm. that's a sad thing. So to answer your question, yes. probably the greatest general highlight was meeting so many people who had so much passion, but, you know, some of them were real weirdos, but that was the colourful <laughs> part of the industry Yeah. in that we had people that, that were a bit strange mm. but they were, also had some odd passion for yeah. what they did. They enjoyed what they did. I well, think you summarised a strong feeling I have that I don't talk about much,
0: and that is, that's exactly it. The biggest difference is that you used to work in a hi-fi store because you had a passion for music and equipment and hi-fi in general, and... Now you work at a Harvey Norman, or, or, you know, we don't need to mention names, but we use them as a good generic example of appliance store retailers, but uh, are those people there because they dropped out of uni, they're there because, what? I don't know, are they there because they have a passion for... Some are, obviously. But well, they're good at filling out the paperwork. That's
1: what Well, doing. I don't know, see, I, I, think, I think... They have a lot of problems with those sorts of stores in that... Um, I dealt with another chain in Sydney, and I, I I offered so many times to train their people. how Yeah, to sell.
0: how they th- feel about that?
1: Yeah, well, we'll get round to it. Type we'll of get thing. Round to it. You know, and and it really bugged me. You know, mm. so you you take the the modern electrical store now, and you mentioned one earlier, but it's guilty across the board. Oh, agreed. Yeah, and, it's not um, just them. You know, one. You know, and these people are desperate for a dollar at the moment all of them Mm. and what do they do they just sell it cheaper and make no dollars and the consumers has an advantage but I don't know how much of an advantage they have because the consumer goes home with a cheap TV for Mm. example Mm. but they're not getting the maximum benefit out of that TV because no one's told them how much Mm. they can do with it yeah indeed so the latest offering if I were in these stores I'd be making a much 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 bigger deal out of smart TVs Mm. They can do some really really cool things. You, certainly can. you can draw yeah. content off the internet. Yeah. You can set up a Skype line so that you yeah. could Skype your friends all over the world, see them visually. Mm. How cool is that? It's like a free conference call set exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. But I've never once, and I've gone into these stores all the time, mm. never seen someone demonstrate something like nah, that. And that will. would take the old passion yeah. from the hi-fi era. Mm. Someone said, "Hey, come and look what I can do." I know my old mum who can't even operate remote control properly, she's mm-hmm. 80. Mm-hmm. But for her to talk to her relatives in Italy, yes. and if she'd been shown a very simple remote control, yeah. you press this button and it'll do set up a mm-hmm. macro and do this, this, and this, yep. she doesn't care about the technology. No, she no, no, cares no. about the face on the other end. Yeah, indeed. But n- these guys, in a, in, in a place like Australia, with the diverse culture that we have, yeah. whether it's Italy, Greece, other parts of Europe, whether it's India, whether it's China, yep. what a great money-making oh, opportunity! Absolutely, and, and people would jump on it fast they would at an iPhone. Yeah, yet who's demonstrating something like that? And it's—I didn't invent this. It's not my thing. It's, just, it's yeah. right there yeah. to do mm. now. Absolutely,
0: and and but everything is undersold, and and I wonder whether it's partly because there are so many features and there are so many products that do so many amazing things. Uh, we just flooded and the salesman... I mean, you would, you would think that there would need to be a salesman who was at least a specialist in smart TVs virtually in a way and then you'd need another one who... I mean, obviously none of them seem to have anyone on the floor who knows anything about speakers or stereos or home theatre. But, yeah, I mean, any of the appliance store chains could elevate themselves above the opposition almost immediately by having uh, product knowledge and having some more interesting demonstrations. But they don't. Point of
1: difference. Absolutely. No, no, no. Let me say something. Yeah. These people walk into a department store to buy a TV, but they want to be entertained to some extent. They want to see what is the latest... I've come into a store... That supposedly knows what they're doing mm. They want to see the latest feature and all this guy wants to do is take your wallet and get you out as fast as you can because he's scared of losing the sale. Mm. In the old days we'd wow them. To You go buy a car and you go to buy a Holden executive mm. and what do you do? You go out for a test drive in a Berliner or a Statesman because that sales guy knows there's a percentage mm. of people who will sell themselves up? He doesn't have to do anything.
0: No. no. True.
1: How much more is this one? Another twenty bucks a week? I'll take it. You know. But that's
0: called sales skill, and that doesn't no. There's uh, there's more sales skill at the McDonald's drive-through than there is in a lot of appliance store mm-hmm. because at least they ask for the add-on sale. Yeah. You know. It's a bit sad. Uh, I suppose Harvey's not to carry on about them, but they do they do try the add-on, but then they try to cream the all of the GP out of the oh. add-on. The real Having world given is. the really good, interesting product away. You
1: know. The real world is, you know, Harvey's is one of the better companies and, you know, they have uh, a, a quantity of salespeople within their ranks who do quite a good job. So well, they must have
0: few people Hardys, doing something.
1: Well, oh. Harvey's have got some, well, got some, some very some good people. You disagree? Yeah.
0: No, I think they've got some very good people. They've got some great staff. You can't have the success that they've had without some clues about retailing. But, yeah, great but news it is and all. Noises. Yeah, lowest common denominator, though, isn't it? Really. Mm. You know. It's a bit sad, but anyway. Um, and that's what else has changed, is that it used to be, I don't know, how many hi fi stores in Australia, there might have been 200, and now there's. 40 or 50 or 60 is there? Or I don't know. And then, you know, and when I say that, well, if you look back at the Electronic Enterprises Group, I think there's 150 members at one point and now there's zero members, so... Um,
1: it's about entertainment. Yeah. So whether the stores sell the old-fashioned hi-fi speakers or a Sonos unit today, it's about serving the customer, providing mm-hmm. the entertainment, giving them some value for money, all of these things, and... I'm not saying it's forgotten, but it's harder to see. It's not as transparent as it used to be. Yeah. True. Well, that was interesting.
0: Everything next, next more is interesting. Oh, I've got, got a pile. What you, oh, I right, um, we'll better you, get to that. Yeah, then. well, you want to cut? I know you've got to go. Yeah. So, um, I'm interested on your insights into where you think automation is headed in the sense of, in relation to iPad, iPhone, and... Perhaps where I mean you've got an intimate knowledge of Crestron having imported it for many years and, and put the brand on the map um, where does a company like Crestron fit when now you can buy a tablet for so little money do you think
1: that's a good question it's a very good question well a tablet, um, a tablet even with the software available to them mm-hmm. has limited functionality if all you want to do is run your home theatre, there is software you can dump on it, which is practically free, or maybe free in some cases, Yeah. which will run your home theatre. You'll need a couple hundred bucks worth of hardware, and you've got some sophistication there. If you want to run the air conditioners, your energy management, all this other stuff, you want to run it remotely as well, Yeah. you want to do bulletproof, I don't think you're going to do it with a tablet, no. or with the little add-ons. Crestron is a bulletproof product it's one of the most reliable brands in the world true they've lost their um, their sales in touch panels and those sort of devices but some people still buy those devices albeit many times more expensive because sometimes a proprietary device is more reliable than Mm. the non-proprietary device Um, where's automation going? I think that the the limitation to automation has always been the the ability to connect to things. So, some things were never designed to be connected to. Um, air conditioning systems, uh, the Dakins of the world, mm. still have <laughs> still almost an impossible mm. connection uh, model. But and and even then, when you do, um, you're buying some third party boxes which are a thousand to two thousand yeah. dollars, and then you have to buy the Dakin. Interface, which is I think three to five thousand dollars. Wow, so massive expenditure there, which can't be justified. No, and you know, in the name of home automation, in the name of energy management, it's just frustrating.
0: So, the first air conditioning company to have an ethernet socket on their uh, head unit, or on their uh, if it's a whole house ducted system, on their uh, main um, controller, if they have such a thing, and usually there is just a little. One little pad somewhere on the wall, and isn't there? Yeah, I and mean, that's the way forward. Well, no one's well, someone must have that at the moment, surely. We don't think I they think do. I think
1: that there is an advantage here, or one of those companies have something, but there are a couple that are, are more open. But the reality is that someone like Dakin has about eighty percent of the market. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, whilst they command so much, you know, yeah. it's a niche. The rest of it's a niche. So I think automation. Being able to connect to things has always been the Mm. challenge for automation companies. Um, And people just get frustrated the high dollars they have to spend on automating a bunch of things. Mm. So uh, automation will become even more important in in energy. Uh, I spent quite a bit of time looking at the future of um, smart meters Mm -hmm. uh, going back about three years ago. Smart meters have become a very expensive exercise you know Victoria's the first state to have them rolled out and there's big problems already there is there are so many mass. oh there's some blowing up and so forth already (laughs) blowing up yeah yeah. on purpose I have no idea (laughs) I can't tell you but here's the thing why do we need smart meters we don't so because up to now the house still ran right so the advantage in smart meters is number one um, we don't need a guy coming around mm. to read the meter. So I don't know why energy prices are actually going up in that case. Well, that's a considerable saving, you'd think, having a guy wandering around. But, sure. Um, and then the second thing is that it can report back into the the user instantaneously of the energy levels and then attached to a home automation system, we can break up that information many times more. Mm. Then there's a lot of advanced things that are proposal at this stage and likely in some form to go ahead and that is to, for the authorities when it comes to peak load to either A, alert you or B, they want to do this, I don't know if they'll get this through, to be able to actually manipulate devices in your home and like air conditioners and actually either uh, reduce the duty cycle, that is leave yeah. them on but not leave on as much yes. or turn them off altogether. Because Uh-oh. the reason we have brownouts, I can
0: smell 1984.
1: Well, we have brownouts and blackouts. I mean, the alternative in some areas yeah. would be that the power just goes off.
0: <laughs> That's the ultimate in um, duty cycle uh, management. It, it, it certainly
1: is. But if if the the load is too high yeah. for the grid in that area, yeah. You're going to go off anyway, mm-hmm. so um, and then I predict this is a Nick prediction, I suppose, oh, that we're going to have multiple tariffs. Oh, okay. Yeah, we already have not. You don't have it in Queensland and Victoria. We have uh, a tariff where we have. Uh, I don't think you have it in Queensland, where you have We've got uh, off-peak. an off-peak. Well, you do have off-peak. Yeah, off-peak. Yeah. So think of the way off-peak works. We, I think, we'll have couple of in-betweeners at okay, least. Okay, yeah, well that yeah, makes sense. So yep. that in peak demand in the middle of summer, where they have to turn on the very expensive gas turbines to produce the extra power, rather than just the coal yep. or hydro or whatever it may be, yep. um, today, in the early days they didn't charge you extra for the gas turbines, yep. now they kind of want to. Oh, I understand. So yep. in those peak demand at times, if you don't watch your power, that's fine. If you want to run your washing machine when it's peak power... That's your business. You'll pay more for your power.
0: So, yeah, the point being they'll push the price right up on the peak power exactly. a couple of hours
1: at yeah. each end of the day. Or so they'll try is. to in, uh, manipulate the customer. Some people say train to be a bit nicer, yeah. and some people just very nice to say incentivate. Yeah. I say manipulate uh, the customer oh, yeah. to use their washing machine when they when want got to use their washing machine. Yeah,
0: because obviously there are times when generators are spinning away and there's bugger all load i'm guessing i know nothing about electricity distribution but they're always
1: generating it aren't they so i I don't yeah i think it's pretty easy to understand and i think they want you to do things but at the same time i'm very cynical about the whole power side of it because um when the government owned the power companies Mm. we had one level of contact now they 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 divested them and they privatised them hmm. for some reason our rates and everything else are still the same but now our power keeps going up so normally in theory when you privatise something it goes down and you have more it should be run more efficiently exactly. but exactly. so but now yeah. what they did then is they put several layers in so we had one layer before directed to the government now we have the wholesaler the retailer at the end and some people in the middle be distribute it. So it's so logical. So they've all got to make money. That's right. There's a margin
0: so tacked on everywhere. So yeah. the
1: p- price is going through the roof because yeah. there's all yeah. these layers of yes. people. Yeah. And I'm really angry personally about all of that. And, I, and the government has, yeah. has sold us out. And I also believe that governments do this so they can distance themselves from... Responsibilities. The shock. You know, yeah, so now they can say, we'll take care of those horrible private companies, don't worry, we'll, we'll look after yeah. it. Well, it's you that caused the problem in the first place. There's certain things that I feel
0: government are
1: morally obligated to supply, and I think
0: water, sewerage, power, you know... Yeah, well, I you know, used to be... Peace, the, the wine, the aqueducts, all of that sort yeah. of thing. Um, but, you know, and they, and they are walking away
1: from it. Left, well, right, I used to think that... Um, I used to be more of a capitalist. These days I'm probably going more the other way thinking going, that... Turning into commie? Well, <laughs> you know, somewhere in the middle between... Uh, I think not that far. There are certain things the government should have kept control of. Yeah, I,
0: well, I agree, and I, I'm, I'm all for, uh, you know, a uh, capitalist society, but governments are there for a reason and, and they are relinquishing their responsibility. And I think ultimately I'm concerned about the infrastructure just wearing out because I'm not sure that the... Uh, I mean, private enterprise is there to make money and they're going to spend the bare minimum, one would have thought, uh, you know, maintaining and building new infrastructure. Yeah. Um, I've, got a, I've got a couple of other quick mm-hmm. questions. We're going to have a two-second break before I do that. All right. Back soon with Nick. Okay. Keith, we're back. Uh, we're back with Nick, uh, Dominic. Uh, We've been discussing all sorts of things about the good old days and the new days. Um, yeah, we should wrap up. Nick's got to go out and sell more Lutron. Um, anything you want to cover, Nick? Have you got... Like, I well, mean, actually, about the industry or have you got a trade secret? Because, you know, no, at Inside AV, we like to talk about trade secrets.
1: I think that probably on another occasion we talk about the future of audio, my own ideas and opinions sure. about that. I think that... Um, Sadly, the audio file market is dying very quickly, mm. but not replaced with anything. It's it's replaced with other forms of entertainment So uh, and convenience. Mm. So I think the future of our audio is a lot of convenience. Yeah. And, um, Thanks to Mr. iTunes. I don't think that... No, I think the ball was already rolling well before that. Okay. You know, MP3 was available well before that. And uh, young people were downloading MP3 for free already. Mm. If anything, Mr. iTunes has saved the bacon for a lot of the uh, uh, musicians because you're sort of forced to pay for it. So I think it's quite the opposite. Um, I I think it's partly, and probably in a small way, the fault of the audio fold uh, resellers who Mm. did a lousy job keeping their businesses alive. I mean, Mm. you said it before, a lot of these guys got out of school, they had no business education, they opened a hi-fi store. Yep. It was a lot of fun, and whilst there was a boom, it was easy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But if you don't get into the business of doing business, mm. then you're going to die. Mm. And that's what happened with a lot of them. It, it's really a case of promoting the hell out of it mm. and promoting your skill, which becomes skill after a while.
0: I think the two-channel audio market, which which seems to be in an affordable end of the market, perhaps moving forward, has been a victim of its own lack of marketing and, and voice, if you like, in the sense that there are many more hobbies that have suddenly come up. That,
1: That's right. You know, if like you back in the 80s, you, what
0: did you do? You bought a motorbike, you bought a car, you bought a camera, you bought a hi-fi system. There was nothing else to do. You bought a boat. Well, now there's gazillions of
1: Well, things. the only thing there is that people suggest that people have lost interest in audio I think they've they've they don't know the difference because the demonstration has been lacking yeah um particularly as it moving the chains. that's the first thing. The second thing is I'll say it's not dead because if it were dead, then the rise in o e m uh you know fitted high quality audio systems in cars would not have happened in the last ten yeah, to twenty yeah, years, yeah. so you know the actual aftermarket car audio is shrinking rapidly yes and mainly because cars are coming out with systems that sound markedly better than they did before
0: they certainly are yes i'd hate to be having spent some time at car sound only about 20 years i uh, been out for 10 and happy to be out because i mean my van which is a very basic vw caddy van has an entirely acceptable
1: stereo built in from the factory There you go. you
0: know i mean it's
1: so we'll You talk can actually about
0: enjoy listening to music on it. Yeah, yeah. So.
1: We'll talk about this more at another time when I'm more prepared for it, but yeah, I well, think it's, yeah. uh, it is an interesting future. I mean, audio isn't going away, but it takes different forms of no, convenience. it's moved. Um, and to
0: wrap up, uh, Sydney Hi-Fi show later this year, something you'll be visiting or avoiding?
1: I won't go out of my way. I'm not <laughs> interested. It's boring. But you will be at CD in a couple of months. Yeah, well, that's a more diverse, interesting area. Um, it's, it's really where I live. You know, I love that automation market, and it's not just automation. It's just really interesting. It's a more broad aspect of what people are going to do to their homes. Mm-hmm. Agreed.
0: Okay, well, thank you very much for your time pleasure. Thanks and, Nick. Yeah, we, thanks Dominic. Yeah, if we can do round two of this uh, in a few months time when you're back in Queensland when you get sick of cold weather. Well, we might talk to Nick at Cedia when we're down there. No, I don't want to, not interested. We said we <laughs> would. <laughs> It'd be more convenient. Well, we, Probably, will. we will be talking to him at Cedia and no doubt some other people that are far more interesting. Um, that <laughs> bastard. Are you turning your microphone off? <laughs>
1: he's, <laughs> he's, gone. <laughs> he's, he's, so he's gone. He's gone again. <laughs>
0: Thanks again, Nick, Uh, Susandra, Nick, Dominic, Keith, Inside AV. We're off. Thank you very much. We'll be back. See you.